1: What's up? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Danny Picard, taking you up until 4 o'clock and taking your phone call, 617-779-790-37. One thing I left out of the trending now was that Blake Swihart still has a case of the yips today during Live BP. I was reading Lou Marloni's Twitter account, and he said that Swihart did throw a couple over the pitcher's head during Live BP today. So, everybody's keeping an eye on that. I closed out my show yesterday on this station by telling you, if you actually watch the video of Blake Swihart with the yips uh, that was tweeted out a couple days ago, you can tell that, really, while people are trying to tell me the issue is psychological, I think what the team's going to do is try to get back to some mechanics with him. Now, how much of that has to do with, how much of the mechanics stuff does that have to do with him going to left field, You know, being a catcher, then going to the outfield? Uh, then going back to being a catcher, I think there is some psychological stuff that goes with it. But here's how you fix it. Fix the mechanics. It's clear that the mechanics are all screwed up. If you watch that video that was tweeted out, I think it was by Comcast Sportsnet a couple of days ago. But um, judging by what I'm hearing today down at Spring Train and Swihart, has a case of the yips again. It's tough for me to tell what the issue is because I can't see a video of it. I'm just reading it on Twitter. But if it's the same thing that we saw the other day on that video, you know, he's got the he's got the left arm dangling. He's got the right foot not planted. It's just, it's a mess. Fix the mechanics and the psychological stuff I think will come along with it. But how worked up do you really want to get about your third string catcher? If that's what we're going to call him, third string. I mean, third on the depth chart when it comes to guys behind the plate. You got Leon, you got Vasquez. Swihart to me is number three, and that's not a knock on his talent. That's a praise to the guys that you actually still have in the organization. And I think when you look back on this now, if this does become a major issue, perhaps you lessen Swihart's trade value, and that's where you look at the front office with the Red Sox and say, "What were you doing?" This offseason, by not moving Swihart, when maybe his trade value was at its highest. So that's what I question more than anything else. But I do think they'll be able to fix what's going on. Because what I see from that video the other day with Swihart, it's a mechanics issue. If you fix that, I think the psychological stuff will come hand in hand. But I'm not going to sit here for three hours and talk about a third-string catcher with a case of the yips at spring training on February 19th. No, 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 no. We're going to get back into the NBA trade deadline. I did three hours of it yesterday, and I did watch the skills competition, the dunk contest, and the three-point contest last night. So let me just get that out of the way first. Um, there was such a lack of creativity, I thought, last night at the dunk contest. They should have called this the jump over somebody contest because it was like every guy, they kept pulling people out to jump over him. How creative? That's not creative to me. Let's get three people. Okay. Then they they told someone to go sit back down and jump over two people. It was just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Like, get a little bit more creative. And Aaron Gordon, who, by the way, looked brutal. I mean, he looked great last year. And maybe we were spoiled last year. I know that I didn't expect last year's dunk contest to be as exciting as it was with uh, Aaron Gordon and who was it, Zach Levine, right? Is that who it was, Gordon Levine? I didn't expect that to be that exciting last year, but it was. And Levine, I believe he's injured, wasn't in this year's dunk contest, dunk contest. And Gordon, the way he was dunking or trying to dunk, I think he might be injured. Or he might have injured himself on one of the first attempts. I think what could have won it for him, though, was the drone. Like they had this drone come out with a basketball. I love the announcers, too, by the way. They're like, oh, what's he doing? Oh, it looks like he's got some sort of drone over there. Oh, it's the Intel drone presented by. (laughs) Like, wait a minute. You can't act like you didn't know it was coming and then have a sponsorship to go along with the drone. But what Gordon should have done with the drone was, all right, the drone's coming out. All I need at that point is for the drone to drop the basketball, you catch it and dunk it. Like, that's the drone is the creative part to me. But what he tried to do was the drone dropped the basketball. He tried to catch it, go through the legs, behind the back. No, sorry. You know, don't get greedy here, okay? You got a drone dropping a basketball above the net. That should be good enough. I actually thought he was going to catch it in midair and just dunk. That would have been good enough for me. He just tried to get too nuts. He tried to get greedy. And, in fact, I think he might have hurt himself because the next couple times he tried to dunk, he couldn't even finish. He couldn't even get up to the rim. So it was just a brutal dunk contest. The three point contest was eh. And I wanted to see someone like Clay Thompson stick around, and the skills challenge is over before you can even finish your first beverage. Like that thing is done in five minutes. And Isaiah Thomas, you know, he loses. I have a beef with the skills challenge. It's not you know, it doesn't doesn't really get me too worked up. But if you want to critique some things that happened last night, I don't understand why. A guy can continue in the skills challenge while not hitting one of those passes. You know, the chess pass. What, you just throw three? If you don't hit any, as long as you just throw three, you can continue on? No, no, no. You should have to hit that. You should have to bury that pass into that net. Much like you have to hit the three-point shot to win it. So I, that's my beef with the skills challenge. But last night, um, I, yeah, I did watch. I paid attention to it. I thought there were some awkward moments. It's just some cringeworthy, like, I feel embarrassed for certain guys. Like, when they can't finish dunks, I felt so embarrassed for for the kid Gordon Orlando who couldn't dunk. Um, I also felt bad for Steph Curry, who was put in a tough spot. <laughs> hey, hit a half-court shot. and We'll knock this uh, um, money going to the Craig Saga Foundation up to 500000 Up yeah, 100, says, to 100000 to $500,000. Maybe three tries. He go, they go, they go, How many do you need? He's like, eh. I could hit it in the first one, but give me three shots oh, to hit a half-court shot. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know what? I've seen Steph Curry hit some crazy shots, but at the same time, he hits those shots after he does his warm-up. It was a little crazy. He's not wearing right? jeans and a sweatshirt. Like He was, it- <laughs> like, staring at his phone, like, texting somebody yeah. before he got up there. Yeah, they put him in a tough spot. I mean, he agreed to it. He didn't. And he kept shooting. At, at one point, he's like, no, 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 I am going to hit one. Keep giving me this. I am going to hit this. And he couldn't hit it. And it was stage fright at its finest, and I just never thought Steph Curry would be in a position where he'd be suffering from stage fright, based on some of the shots he's hit in his career. But at the same time, he was in jeans and a sweatshirt. He didn't have his normal warm up going before the, the the event. And let's be honest, he was in a tough he was in a tough spot. I mean, it's going to charity. You want to hit it even more. And, you know, if you don't, it's like, well, what are we going to do? Now, they had a backup plan, but what they should have done was say, hey, Steph, we're going to give you three shots, and then if you don't hit him, we're going to have, I think it was Saga's son or his nephew or something, we're going to have him take the shot. Shaq's going to hold him up, and he's going to dunk the ball in. It seemed like they did tell him that, but I think he really wanted to hit the yeah, shot. Yeah, he did. He wanted to hit the shot. He didn't want to go down. But but he should have just shot three and, and made it look like, hey, I missed him on purpose so that this kid could dunk it. And, like, they screwed that whole thing up so bad. And I, I just... They it, it left for some awkward moments last night. That's all. There could be an awkward moment tonight at the NBA All-Star Game because Steve Kerr is the coach of the Western Conference, and he's got four Golden State Warriors on the team. Durant, Curry, Thompson, and Draymond Green, and... Westbrook is also in the Western Conference All-Stars, and you don't need me to tell you that you need five guys on the court at all times. So if you got four Warriors out there, are you going to throw Westbrook? It would make for must-see TV. Now, I say that not truly knowing Westbrook and Durant's relationship right now. Like, I they can do all that. Like, Westbrook can stand at half court in Oklahoma City when Durant makes his comeback, and he can, you know, talk trash and knock his head down and keep talking trash to Durant and everyone's going nuts, good. I want you to do that. He's in your building. You know, he basically left you guys and screwed you over and went to Golden State and tried to chase the ring in Golden State with a better team. Yeah, you should be talking trash. Hey, Russ, what's it going to be like to be in that locker room with Durant and those Westland Warriors guys? Man,
0: you know what? Fashion Week has been great. <laughs> you, you seen Fashion Week? He just you kept changing the, the subject. Week?
1: A little bit. Man, it's a lot of great-looking things in Fashion Week, man. Looking forward to new collections. It's been good, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's what I don't know. Do Westbrook and Durant really hate each other behind the scenes? I, I, you know what? I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. So how awkward would it actually be? Well, I guess we'll find out. Because if this is the spot where maybe they show their true colors and don't hold that grudge, then... You know, they they do that tonight. If there was a spot, this would be it. But if they throw Westbrook on the court with those guys, and they're not talking to each other, and Westbrook... See, Westbrook is not even going to pass. He would take every shot. That's what I want to see. We'll find out if they do it tonight. But here locally, what we'll be focusing on in this game tonight is Isaiah Thomas representing the Celtics for the Eastern Conference. Brad Stevens representing the Celtics and his coaching staff. He's coaching the Eastern Conference um and, and you hope that they're in New Orleans, down in New Orleans, recruiting, for lack of a better term. I read something last night, though, that, and I read a couple other tweets along these lines from some people who cover the NBA, and 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 are somewhat in the know. They kind of scared me a little bit. When we think of Isaiah Thomas being at All-Star Weekend recruiting for the Celtics, I think maybe if you're in another city rooting for another team, and you want your star player to be recruiting for your team, you probably want your star player to recruit Isaiah Thomas. Because he's got one year left on his contract, he's 26 years old, he's having an MVP caliber season, and I don't care what you say. I've, I've heard it. Okay? I've heard it. Anyone who is trying to tell me that what Isaiah Thomas is doing right now is some type of fluke, I I think you must believe that the guy's like 31, 32 years old. He's not. He's 26. Okay? He's 26. And the improvements are such where I think it's it was never a skill issue. It's a confidence issue. He has the most confidence that I have seen in an NBA player uh, in a long time on that court. Now, Could it at some point get out of hand? Some people might think so. And he's running around calling himself the king of the fourth quarter. But here's what I, I, you know what? All I care about is that he continues to be the king of the fourth quarter. But as the king of the fourth quarter and the MVP season that he's having, he's got one year left in his contract. He's going to be a max player. I don't know how you could actually dispute that based on what you're seeing right now unless you believe that this is some type of fluke. And if you believe that what Isaiah Thomas is doing right now is some type of fluke, I don't know that you've actually paid attention to the progression that he's made as a professional player. And I don't think you actually understand just how young this kid is. Like, yesterday, we did three hours talking about Paul George, Jimmy Butler, George is 26, Butler's 27. We're talking about getting a a kid in his mid-20s in here who's an all-star player. Isaiah Thomas, 26 years old, all-star player, not just all-star player, is going to get some MVP votes. I think you make an argument that he maybe should be the MVP right now. With the Celtics team at the break, that's the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. You know, for Isaiah Thomas to be at All-Star Weekend and recruit for the Celtics, it's a great thought. And I'd like to think that that's what he's doing. But... If you take a couple steps back and we take off the Celtics jersey for a minute and you put yourself in the shoes of someone else in another city who roots for a team that may be one star player away from contending either in the east or the west, you know, maybe they're recruiting Isaiah Thomas. And I don't know what Isaiah Thomas wants to do. Other than the fact that I'm pretty sure this guy, if he's getting MVP votes, I'm pretty sure that he is going to want a max contract. And guess what? He's going to get it. Would I give it to him for the Celtics? Of course I would. Yeah, I'd give it to him. Yeah, uh, you know, I hear people say that, you know, the Celtics right now, they need another player to to get over the hump, and that's true. They need a, They need a, an all-star player, and in my opinion, they need an all-star scorer. They need someone who's going to give you 24, 25 points a night. They need that other guy. Because I think if you went into a series right now with Cleveland, And you lost that series. I'm telling you right now, we wouldn't be talking about rebounding or defense. Because I I do truly think you can only play so much defense on LeBron and Kyrie Irving seeing some of the shots that they hit, right? So you need somebody else that's going to be able to keep up with the scoring. Like, you need that other player on the wing with some size, some athleticism who can shoot. You need that guy who's going to be able to put up 24, 25 points a night. And if the Celtics get that guy do I think they can contend with Cleveland? Absolutely. And if you think they can't, then I don't think you're giving the proper credit to Isaiah Thomas and what he's able to do. This, This is the type of season that we've been begging for Danny Ainge to go out and get a guy who would be able to put up this type of season that Isaiah is having right now. So I think you need to look at that as well and think, all right, the Celtics improved from last year because Isaiah Thomas has been... He has, he has put himself on this elite level in the NBA. He has. I mean, that's, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. He's an MVP caliber player right now. Do I think next year, it, that's it? It's over? He's not going to do this? I, I just, I can't go there. He's, he's To me, he's still improving as a professional athlete, as a, as a professional basketball player. He's 26. Would I give him a max, max contract after next season? Absolutely. Now, next year is a contract year for him. Which again, could, the improvements could even be greater, not just because of that, but as I just mentioned, the fact that I think he's still mature and he, he, he's, you know, he's in his mid twenties. He's in a, now an organization that's going to be in the playoffs multiple years. And people say you got to win a playoff series first. Well, how about this? I mean, how about home court advantage? How about the fact that I, I, I think and and that Chicago game the other night? I don't know. There's part of me that thinks. You're heading into the all-star break. Some guys already got their bags packed. You know, they got they already got their flights booked. It's it's a tough game for me to judge a team. I've watched the Celtics most most of the season. Okay? I've watched more Celtics than I have Bruins this year. Mainly because I know the Celtics are in a better spot to make that move here before Thursday, before the trade deadline at 3 o'clock Thursday, to, to to get them in a spot where they could contend for an Eastern Conference championship. I know they're in a better position than the Bruins are, because the Bruins, seeing Don Sweeney talking to Joe Sakic the other night for an entire period last week, tells me that they're willing to give up on some young defensive studs to get someone like Landerskog, who is only going to get them into the playoffs, and that's it. Okay? The Celtics, to me have a real chance to do something special between now and Thursday at 3 that's going to get them in a competitive seven-game series with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are. And I think most of that and most of the confidence that I have in that statement is based on the fact that Isaiah Thomas is playing like an absolute beast this season. He's an MVP-caliber player. And for me to say that that is just some sort of fluke is not paying attention to the way he has progressed as a professional athlete and as a professional basketball player. I'm acknowledging how young he is! I'm acknowledging the fact that you know um, what he does in the fourth quarter is is something that I I haven't really been able to see around the entire league, and maybe that's because other teams have multiple players in that spot with additional ball off to, and maybe that is a reason why if you're the Celtics, even more so, you need to go out and get another guy before Thursday. You know, I heard Pete and Jerry before, and one thing I agree with them with is. When you get into the playoffs, you're going to see Isaiah Thomas, double team, triple team. You know, the target's on his back. MVP caliber player this season. They're going to go into a series with the Celtics, whoever you play in the first round. They're going to say, if they beat us, they're going to do it with Horford. They're going to do it with Crowder. They're going to do it with Smart. They're going to do it with the Linux. They are not doing it with Isaiah Thomas. That's, that's the mentality another team's going to have. Well, when they have that mentality... Can those other guys win a playoff series for you? And that's not, to say, that's not to say that Isaiah can't overcome that and become and have some great postseason performances. I think he will. I think he will. I think he'll learn from some mistakes last year. I think he'll figure some some things out on, from last year. But I also believe that this is, a, this is a better team, this Celtics team, this season than it was last year because you have Isaiah's improvements. You also have... The improvements from someone like Marcus Smart, who I told you yesterday, is not going anywhere at the trade deadline. If I'm Danny Ainge, Marcus Smart is untouchable. Untouchable. Sorry, he is. Three Horford, Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart. You can't have him. You want the Brooklyn Picks? You want Avery Bradley? You want Jay Crowder? You want Kelly Olenek? All right. Good. Have him. Smart's not going anywhere. Thomas isn't going anywhere. Horford's not going anywhere. I think that group of three, that trio right there, makes you a better basketball team, especially in the postseason this year than he were last year. But if Isaiah Thomas is going to get double-team, triple-team, they're going to put a target on his back, they're not going to let him beat you, or at least another team in the playoffs is going to do everything they can to slow him down and make someone else beat you, If you're Danny Ainge between now and Thursday at 3, you better make sure that you use these assets to go out and get you some type of all-star player that can give you 24, 25 points tonight and can take advantage of that and might even make it a little bit easier on Isaiah Thomas to get his looks in the postseason and get some easier looks. And that's how you improve the team even more because all of a sudden, Isaiah Thomas, don't forget, MVP caliber season, and I don't think it's a fluke. That's a major improvement with the Celtics team from last year to this year. Isaiah Thomas was damn good last year, too. But what he's doing this year is even more special. And I think what Danny Ainge is an opportunity to do is go out and make a special type of blockbuster deal. I told you yesterday for three hours, the most likely trade targets, I think, are Jimmy Butler and Paul George. 26, 27 years old. Paul George is on a contract for one more year next season, and then he has a player option. I mean, I don't expect him to use that. Uh, I expect him to get some money somewhere. Indiana, they're trying to give him $220 million extension. He's not having it just yet. He wants to see what they do with the deadline. That's why Indiana said we're making our own first-round pick available. We're going to become buyers. Are you
0: staying in Indiana? I would like to. Um, I would like to. I think the biggest thing is, is wanting to win a championship and be the first uh, to win a championship and bring that to Indiana. Um, they have some of the greatest fans, and, and we have one of the best fan bases. Uh, just their love of basketball is, is so different um, in, in any other state uh, that I want I want to give them that.
1: Sign it. Sign it. Put your money where your mouth is, big dog. Sign the extension. Larry Bird comes out. He's like, oh, you know, we're not going to talk about it during the season. What? What are you talking about? If you, want, if you are telling Paul George you're going to sign him to the max contract, sign him up. You mean to tell me that's the pace is backing off? Not wanting to talk during the season? No, it's the player. And don't give me because it's, it's going to become a distraction. You tell me you're giving me 220 mil, I'll tell you I have no distractions. Okay? I got a lot of distractions right now. Guess what the biggest one is? Money. Money. You give me 220 mil, I got no more distractions. None. What's he waiting for? He doesn't want to sign it because he doesn't know that Indiana's going to do something to get them to win a championship while he's in his late 20s, early 30s. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to win. You just heard it. Paul George was one year left in his contract next season. Right? If if the pace is get an idea that they're not going to be able to sign them to that, or they're not going to be able to do anything the next couple of days to add a piece to the puzzle because their first round pick is is meaningless to other teams right now. Um and 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 Paul George is like, eh, you know what? This is no good for me. If you're Indiana, if you have a chance to get the potential number one overall pick, why would you pass why would you pass on that? You might not get that chance in the offseason. You might not get that chance to get that type of pick next season. Why would you pass it up? I just think the Celtics assets right now are the type of assets that you could go to an organization like Indiana and make somebody available. Now, Larry Bird might be a little hesitant because he doesn't want to be the other former Celtic legend to help the Celtics win a championship with a trade. Right? Right? Maybe. Maybe that's part of it. But if you want to put that aside and you want to get down and dirty with the business of basketball at the trade deadline, if you have a feeling Paul George is not going to stay in Indiana, and I know his contract isn't up this year. It's up after next year. If he, again, if he doesn't use the player option in two years, which I don't expect him to do. But if you think you're not going to be able to sign him to that extension, then how would you not entertain the idea of making a trade with the Celtics and getting that number one overall pick? How would you just turn that down? So I I think Paul George is a likely trade target because it it it's it's realistic. I think it works for Indiana when you get down to business, and I think it works for the Celtics when you get down to the business of the assets they have and also the business of basketball, which is what the Celtics need on the court. Is that guy on the wing that can give you 24, 25 points a night? Who's twenty six years old? Who all right? He has one more year left on his deal, but you could do something to keep him around after that. I, I just I, if he wants to win. Right? These guys want to win. They want to play with other people who want to win. And then you got Chicago. Some people have tried to tell me, well, why would Chicago move Jimmy Butler? Well, Chicago would move Jimmy Butler because I honestly have no idea what's going on behind the scenes in Chicago. It's crazy. I I don't think they know. And maybe they want to start from scratch. No better time to start from scratch when you can go out and get the potential number one overall pick. And you keep Dwayne Wade around. You get the big name, you get the hometown kid. And then you go get the number one pick, and you have that sort of transformation from Wade, the hometown superstar, to, to, the, to the kid that you get number one overall. And on top of it, you get a couple of roster players to go along with it. I just think it makes sense for them, and I, make, I think it makes sense for the Celtics. Butler, George, those one of those two things make the most sense out of anything else that could happen between now and the NBA trade deadline Thursday at 3. Since I did, I did the show yesterday for three hours, I got some crazy, I had some tweets with some crazy ideas. Like people trying to tell me, well, why wouldn't they go out, trade for Jimmy Butler, and then go trade for Andre Drummond? Well, I mean, because this isn't a video game. This isn't NBA 2K17. Would I do it? Of course I would. Do you? Does anybody in the history of the league have the trade assets to get both of those guys at the same trade deadline? No. Unless the Pistons or the Bulls are just giving someone away for free. You know, then you get to the whole Philadelphia 76ers and what they could do. You get the process and bead. That's made a couple of the other bigs expendable. Noel, Okafor. I take either Noel or Okafor. But I'm telling you right now, 76ers are going to want an awful lot for one of those two guys. As much as you might think. That they need a trade one and they need to get guards. Do you really think the 76ers are going to move Okafor or Noel for just an Avery Bradley or a Jay Crowder? No, no, no. They're going to want a Brooklyn pick. These are these are former top picks here. Top three picks that you're looking at and you're going, no. I, I Okafor, former top three, number three overall. Not too long ago. He was 20 years old. 21 years old. Noel's what, 21, 22? You're just going to give up on him just because you need a god? No, you can get a god somewhere else. I just, Simmons is coming next year. I mean, Simmons is basically a a point guard at times, isn't he? Ben Simmons, I know he doesn't, I know he doesn't have the size and on paper, on the depth chart, he's not shown there, but Simmons can bring up the ball. I'm hesitant to call him the LeBron type, but you know what I mean. Like, can do everything. So, don't give me, don't feed me this idea that Philly's just giving you Okafor, giving you Noel for just a roster player or two. Not happening. They're going to want the Brooklyn pick. They're going to want it. Um. So, I mean, if you're going to give up the Brooklyn pick, all I'm telling you is you should package the Brooklyn pick with both Brooklyn, you know, maybe both Brooklyn picks with a Crowder or a Bradley or both and go get Butler or George. I think it works for both teams. Anything else? I think it's somewhat unrealistic. But maybe you thought of something that I didn't. And because of that, I'd like to hear from you. 617-779-7937. 617 779 79837 The All-Star Game tonight. The NBA trade deadline Thursday at 3. Your phone calls after this. Time out. Okay, picture this.
0: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.